It's a Friday crossover here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm JJ Jackson with Locked On Blue Devils and my very good pal Carter Bird, the host of the Locked On Northwestern Podcast, is here with us. Duke and Northwestern. Tomorrow the game is being played at Northwestern and we've got it all to break down here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils and Locked On Northwestern. Carter, how are you, man? Doing all right, man. I mean, it's it feels like it's been forever since I've gotten to actually watch a Northwestern game because they played in week zero. So I am I am pumped for for this one. I'm excited to see uh, the Wildcats get back out there against your, uh, your your Blue Devils. No kidding. We, we've got a rematch of last year's game that was played mm-hmm. in Durham. And now we're going to get to see it play out this year. And when we look at today's show, I'll start to ask you a little bit about Northwestern. Later in the program, we'll reverse roles. You'll get your listeners prepared for what to expect from the Duke side of things. And then we'll have some major storylines at the very end of it. Still yeah. really early in the college football season. For everybody, my listeners, your listeners, college football lovers, it's just been amazing, Carter, to have football back in our lives, man. Oh, it's been so great. And I'm so I'm so glad to have it because it's 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 what you look forward to, at least in the family that that I grew up in. You look forward to it all summer and it's it's just something that uh it really feels like it brings people together each each and every fall. Um Sometimes in 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 bad ways, you know, when you get some some hostile uh, rivalries, which which I know that you and I have both both experienced uh, with you with Duke, and then both of our times in college. But uh, I mean, it's college football is just so much fun. It's I I can't get enough of it. It's what I love just to sit there and watch every every Saturday, and I I can't wait to feel like I'm fully in the swing of each and every. Um, each and every Saturday, just just sitting there, taking in as many games as I can, and I mean, I'm 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 ready to have it be a weekly occurrence and not just a one outlier in Dublin in week zero. Yeah. That was so strange for everybody involved. Northwestern plays Nebraska in week zero in Ireland of all places. Yeah, yeah. that's where the game was played, and Northwestern walks away with a victory. Uh, if if people didn't watch this game assuming Duke fans were not able to watch that game. How would you quickly summarize how it played out? Well, I mean, Nebraska, the the year before, Nebraska won by 40-plus going away, wasn't close. They had like 650 yards of offense and uh, ran for like 400 yards. But uh, so a lot of people were expecting a repeat of that. Um, a lot of people dismissed Northwestern going into it because – I mean, I mean, the radio station up in Birmingham, I, I heard them talking about, I, was like, I mean, how much better could Northwestern be? Like, what did they really add? Well, it started off the exact same way. Nebraska's first drive, pick Northwestern apart through the air, go down the field, and you're kind of sitting there thinking, oh boy, this could, this could turn south again quickly. But something you, you've heard Fitz talk about with this team is that this team's gotten its edge back and they showed it. They, they got down early. They climbed their way back into it up front. The offensive line pretty much pretty handily dominated a really, really big physical, uh, supposed to be very, very good Nebraska defensive line and, uh, gave Ryan Holinsky a name that, uh, some, some sec fans, uh, some fans of the, in the Carolinas as well may, may, uh, have, have in their mind uh, 
Ryan Holinsky looked as good as he's looked in his college career, had all day to throw, looked comfortable, very calm, um, looked good and started throwing around the yard and they started loosening up and running the football and Northwestern crawled back into it and won 38-28 in week zero in Dublin. And somewhere in the process, there was a uh, glitch in the concession stands in Dublin and everybody was getting free beers. So there's free Guinness for everybody. And it was just a great time, especially if you're a, uh, a, a Northwestern fan. That's right. A, a victory for Northwestern <laughs> to open up the year all the way in Ireland. Like we're saying, Ryan Holinsky, the quarterback for your squad for Northwestern started his career at South Carolina. That's the Carolina's plug that you're alluding to. And now he's the quarterback for the Wildcats looking at last year's matchup between these two teams, between Duke and Northwestern, the game that was played at Wallace Wade. I mean, it was a game where Duke is winning 21 nothing at the end of the first <laughs> quarter. Duke has the large lead, and then all of a sudden Northwestern in the second half comes back. Duke is scoreless the entire second half, but finds a way to win 30-23. to Northwestern and Duke go on to have pretty lousy seasons. Both teams yeah. finish with just three wins on the year. What are the expectations for this Northwestern squad this season? Well, the the expectations nationally were very, very low. I mean, the over-under for Northwestern in terms of win total was about three and a half. So people weren't expecting a lot of improvement. But then the more you heard around the program, I think that they expected a lot more and they showed it week zero. Something that I thought that everybody just kind of skipped over that turned out to be key was – over the pandemic, Northwestern couldn't get in their football building to work out for two years. And then finally, this offseason, they had a normal offseason. Everybody's in the weight room. Everybody's in the meeting room together. And it physically, they just look different from, from who they were a year ago. And it showed against Nebraska when you go up against, I mean, Nebraska has what feels like an endless supply of these like 6'5", 350-pound offensive linemen and defensive linemen. And Northwestern won the uh, trenches and it was totally, it's a different feel. Um, and I think that now that they've seen that in action, I, it's a tough schedule. I have no issues in my mind saying Northwestern can absolutely get to a bowl game. I think a bowl game would be an excellent bounce back from three and nine. Um, I haven't been overly impressed by some of the other teams in the big 10 West. So maybe, maybe they can climb back in there. Cause it is an even year, and the previous two even years, Northwestern has won the Big Ten West and represented the the West in Indianapolis in the Big Ten Championship. I think both times they've uh, run into a pretty stout Ohio State team. Um, <laughs> but Ohio State, I mean, they always win that that side, it feels like. But uh, I think the expectation should absolutely for Northwestern be to get back to a bowl game. And anything beyond that is gravy. I think this team has has aspirations to do more. And I think they have the ability, but I think the big 10 West is just, it's kind of out. It's going to be a pretty much, you can make an argument that just about anybody can compete at the top of the big 10 West. I mean, Wisconsin will be there cause they always are, but who knows? What about, uh, what, what about Duke? Yeah, no expectations are, are definitely a little different for Duke this year than they have been in years past with mm-hmm. Mike Elko now being the head coach year one coming from Texas A&M as the defensive coordinator. Uh, 14 years that David Cutcliffe was the head football coach at Duke. A really long time to hold that job uh, at a school like Duke and did great things, but it ran its course. Coach Cutcliffe was getting older in age, and it was just time mm-hmm. 
to kind of switch things up a little bit. And so uh, really excited to see kind of what the season looks like. This team should be uh, much better than they were a year ago. It's a little bit unrealistic to say that they're going to uh, automatically contend for a division title in the ACC. But uh, there, there's coastal chaos every year. That coastal division feels like every other year someone else is winning it. So, uh, well, there was there team. was there was that legitimate stretch in time where what a different team every won yeah. <laughs> for seven straight years. Each right. team won at one time, and there were no right. no repeats. Right. And that was that was crazy. And I remember when that. I mean that that happened while. I was, in college, I was like, this is nuts that this yeah. is this is taking place every year. And much like Northwestern, where it feels like you're going to a conference championship game to ultimately lose to Ohio State, <laughs> it was kind of that way for the Coastal Division. We're going to go to the championship game. Clemson's going to be there waiting, and Clemson's probably going to end up winning that title. Hey, l- let me ask you this, and then we'll get to our first break on the program. From the Duke perspective, if Duke fans are watching this football game on Saturday, Carter, what should concern them most about Northwestern? Definitely nor- Northwestern's offensive line. I mean, at left tackle, you have Peter Skaronsky, who's going to be a top 15 pick in the NFL draft this year. Guy who has 20 plus starts in his career already. On the other side, you have uh, Wiedeker starting at right tackle. He has, I think week zero was his 26th consecutive start at right wow. tackle. So you have... You have experience up and down the the offensive line, and that group looks like it's playing together and it's much improved. They they pretty thoroughly handled a very big uh, Nebraska front, and Northwestern does have a couple really really strong running backs. They have Evan Hull, who last year ran for a thousand yards, was the first Northwestern thousand yard rusher since Justin Jackson, I believe, in twenty seventeen. And then you also have Cam Porter, who missed last season with a uh, season-ending injury and from fall camp. He's kind of a little bit more, um, kind of a little bit of a quicker guy. Hole, very much a a between-the-tackles guy. Cam Porter can absolutely run between the tackles, too. I'm not, not knocking him there. Probably could see him catch the ball a little bit more. Um, and then I just think... If Ryan Helinski that we saw in week zero is the Ryan Helinski of 2022, this Northwestern offense has a chance to be a lot better than people thought. Um, he he looked very, very calm. He looked very in control, and he was on time and on target with just about every throw. I think he started, he completed something like 21 of his first, or like 19 or something of his first 21 passes. He was red hot in the first half. Um and I think that if this North, if Duke can't create pressure and penetration against this Northwestern offensive line, that would be my concern because that's where Northwestern started to wear down that Nebraska front and really got pushed late in the game. I mean, their final drive, they just ran it right into the teeth of Nebraska's defense and eight up clock, eight up clock, eight up clock, eventually ended up punting, which. Their punter, by the way, is the son of Eagles legend David Akers. Okay. Uh, transfer from UCLA. And he looked unbelievable in the opener. He was pinned, like, I think he pinned, he pinned Nebraska at the one. And then on his final punt of the game, when when Nebraska had to go the length of the field to score, he had a ball that the entire coverage team fell for the uh the the deke by by the returner running up to the 10-yard line. And the ball bounced on the half yard line and backed up to the four. And it was like this. I mean, you couldn't 
you couldn't hit a, a pitching wedge better better than he did on that on that one. Um, I think Northwestern will try to run the football uh, and play the, the field position battle and just try try to make you earn every bit. That's what they did against Nebraska and Scott Frost in Nebraska. Turns out they are not good at that. <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, look, it's it's what you need to be on the lookout for if you're Duke, and I think we're going to have a really fun game coming our way <laughs> on Saturday between Duke and Northwestern. We're going to talk more about the Duke perspective. We'll reverse roles here on today's episode of Locked On Crossover. It's Locked On Blue Devils and Locked On Northwestern combined in one. You're watching us on YouTube. Thanks for doing that. Make sure that you subscribe to both of our channels. The support means the world. If you're listening on the podcast platform, we love for you to leave five-star ratings and written reviews. The algorithms really appreciate when you type out a review, take 60 seconds and help us out in that regard. It means the world when you do that. Today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils and Lockdown Northwestern is brought to you by Bet Online. This is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season. You can find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week games for the NFL. Football's coming back. We saw a great game last night between the Bills and Rams to start the season, and now we've got more NFL games coming up on Sunday. Full slate of college football tomorrow as well. And all the best lines are at Bet Online. This is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right. So now that we've talked about Northwestern, let's let's switch the perspective here. I want to ask you basically the same question, like. Yeah. What is the one area that Northwestern fans should be worried about Duke heading into Saturday's matchup? You look at this Duke football team, and they played week one, so last week, as opposed to getting the start a little bit earlier, like Northwestern. And uh, I, I joked throughout the week that this Duke defense still doesn't know what it feels like to give up a touchdown because it was a shutout against Temple 30 to nothing. And so a really solid defensive effort from Duke. The offense is totally different this year, however. Mm-hmm. Last year, you mentioned the wonderful rushing performance by Evan Hole for Northwestern. Duke was in the same boat, and the Wildcats saw it. They just handed the football off to number 21, and Mateo Durant did the rest of the work. He had the single most rushing yards in the history of Duke football. No other player had go. more rushing yards than Mateo Durant did, over 1,300 yards on the ground. Uh, outstanding year for him rushing the football this year though it's a sophomore quarterback in Riley Leonard out of Fairhope Alabama who's stepping in taking over the reins and he's a it was incredible to watch him play against Temple started the game 15 for 15 really was sharing wow. the ball to all of the different playmakers on the field and the most interesting part of this Carter that I can't wrap my I mean we just never see anything like this where going into fall camp There was a big question for year one of Mike Elko, who's going to be your quarterback? Is it going to be Riley Leonard or is it going to be Jordan Moore? Both guys spent time at the quarterback spot last year. It got to the point where Jordan Moore moved over to wide receiver. Mm -hmm. And now he starts at wide receiver. When does that ever happen that you're in a quarterback battle and the guy that loses the job still gets to be the beneficiary of getting playing time and he moves over. And then, funny enough, Riley Leonard's first touchdown pass of the season went to Jordan Moore this past weekend. 
Yeah, I mean, it definitely seemed that Duke uh, definitely exceeded my expectations in, in week one. Riley Leonard, I don't think I had it had him pegged for 320 yards and two touchdowns, no picks in the opener. I mean, that was impressive. But I want to talk about that that Duke defense that gave up 179 yards because last year statistically, and uh, it was not a good year on defense. I think if you look at yards per game, I think Duke allowed the most yards in college football by about 12.8 yards per game. Yeah. But I see that they only allowed 179 in this game. So how much... How much really improved is this Duke defense? Was it was it was there noticeable improvement? Was Temple's offense that bad? Was it a combination of the two? Like what did what should Northwestern fans expect out of this this Duke defense going into this game? I think a little bit of everything. Uh, you're right to point out all the defensive struggles that Duke had a season ago, and so I, I think also you need to point out the fact that Temple wasn't necessarily the greatest team. I mean, Dewan Mathis. Their quarterback was a Georgia transfer quarterback uh, that had he not gotten hurt, had he not struggled so much at Georgia, America would not have gotten the Stetson Bennett mm-hmm. experience that we've been given because it was Dewan Mathis's job before that. Duke made it a living hell for him out there on the football <laughs> field this past weekend. He could not breathe, could not focus, make any decisions because Dwayne Carter in that defensive front just got up all in his space. And I think a lot of that, Carter, has to do with the fact that the new football coach is Mike Elko. This is a man that had been the Texas A&M defensive coordinator for the past few seasons. Texas A&M last year until the national title game was the only team that really knew how to slow down Bryce Young and that Alabama offense. They put together a great game plan to do that at A&M. A few years before, he had been at Wake Forest as Dave Clawson started to build that program that the Diva Dinkins have turned into. So I do think this Duke defense is way better than they were a year ago. However, I am aware of the fact that Temple's just not a very good football team either. And so I can't jump the gun too much, but they are way better. Isn't it interesting how that Temple program has, has fallen from like, they had really good coach after really good coach and were really good. I mean, they like beat Penn state one time, I think, but, uh, but Hey, you're, you're you're shortchanging a, a school that both of us also have have degrees from as far as slowing down Bryce Young. That's right. That Iron Bowl, man. I totally the Iron Bowl <laughs> slipped my memory. And yeah, my listeners know it very well. Yours do that. We, we both hold degrees from Auburn University. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, yeah, it, a, a overtime football game between those two or uh, really it wasn't until a touchdown was scored in the last minute. Yeah, that defense did a pretty good job against Alabama's offense for sure. My apologies there. Forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I, I couldn't let that one yeah. slip by, knowing yeah. knowing you and I exactly. together uh, on this on this crossover episode. But yeah, no, I think it'll be I think it'll be interesting to see whose whose improvement is is for real in this game on Saturday. But we just want to thank you for. Uh, making Locked On Blue Devils and uh, Locked On Northwestern your first listen for anything Duke and Northwestern. Make sure you uh, make Locked On ACC your second listen with host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On as they take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. And then also, you need to know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Every day, host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of the Locked On Podcast Network take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make both of those your second listen uh, if you're a Duke fan or a Northwestern fan. I mean, I think that's 
that's a great way to keep up with what's happening in both of our team's conferences uh, as the season progresses because both of us are going to start seeing teams in, in these conferences on a weekly basis here pretty soon. And then other sports will start to pick up and more. I mean, basketball season is right around the corner, which Duke certainly has uh, an affinity for. Chris Collins leading the Northwestern program, the former Duke guy. Uh, Mm -hmm. Ryan Young transfers from Northwestern. He's going to be a member of the Duke men's basketball team in the front court this upcoming season. So I got a lot of connections here Mm -hmm. on the Lockdown Crossover. So tomorrow – Y'all, there's actually Jeremiah Lewis, a cornerback on Duke's team last year, has now transferred to Northwestern. It's kind of playing a like fifth or sixth uh, DB role for, for for Northwestern. And in the opener, uh, a couple a couple corners got got a little banged up. Uh, one of them ended up coming back in. The uh, the leader of that secondary for for Northwestern, Cam Mitchell. But you saw Jeremiah Lewis out there. He uh, did have one late hit out of bounds penalty, but I think on the whole played a <laughs> played a pretty good game. <laughs> We'll excuse the penalty. First game of the season, <laughs> he was in Ireland, discombobulated yeah, on, on what exactly is taking place. All right, so we got this big game tomorrow. We've got Northwestern. We've got Duke. Mm-hmm. We've got a coach uh, for the Wildcats. Pat Fitzgerald has been there forever. We've got Mike Elko, who's in his first year. I mean, people, when you talk storylines, always want to talk about the coaching matchup here. And I mean, it really it's a- it could it's be a much brand different. new coach. It's a brand new coach for Duke going against the coach with the third longest tenure in FBS, I believe. Right. Totally so, different. So that's that's an interesting storyline in, in and of itself. And then what are we going to get out of the quarterbacks, right? What are we going to get out mm-hmm. of Ryan Helensky, who had a really impressive debut? And then Riley Leonard had an amazing debut as well. That's got to be a big question, Carter, is uh, what are we going to get out of the quarterbacks? And so that being said, what are these defenses – going to do to make it more difficult for those quarterbacks i mean i think if if you're duke trying to put helensky in a bad spot you have to find a way to get pressure on him you have like he can't he had all day to throw against nebraska and it was interesting because all going into that game there was so much buzz about watch these nebraska edge rushers this is the best group they've had under scott frost and they couldn't get an ounce of pressure on on Ryan Helinski. And Ryan Helinski, who flashed a little bit at South Carolina, um, probably very, very up and down, uh, and then comes to Northwestern and really had a rough year last year. But another year in the system, he looks so comfortable. If you hear Pat Fitzgerald talk about winning the six-inch war, if Northwestern wins the six-inch war, uh, in the trenches the way that they did against Nebraska and gives Ryan Helensky time to sit back there in the pocket and throw. I think he's going to have a very similar day to week zero. So Duke has to make him uncomfortable because that was the, the, the difference. I mean, when you look back over the past five years or so, when Northwestern has good quarterback play, they've won the Big Ten West. When the quarterback play has been bad, there really hasn't been an in-between. They've been three and nine. So it's either winning, you get the good quarterback play and you're winning the Big Ten West or you're getting bad quarterback play and you can barely win any football game, no matter who it is. And so if Helensky is as comfortable as he was in week zero, I think that would be that's serious signs for uh, worry for Duke fans. Yeah, particularly we mentioned the defense and the front for Duke has been so great uh, in, in one week. But last year, you know, Dwayne Carter had a lot of the headlines for that Duke team 
at the linebacker spot. Duke's pretty experienced mm-hmm. with Dory Morosi and, and Shaka Hayward leading the charge. But it is an unproven secondary. So uh, for Duke fans out there, that's been my concern, is how are they going to fare against a quarterback in Ryan Holinsky who's already got a conference game under his belt this season, looked pretty good. And, uh, and, and yeah, we'll see what it kind of looks like. I'm curious if the layover is going to have any – I mean, it's been a little bit since Fair. Northwestern has played a game. And I, I know it's so early in the season and all of these teams are still trying to knock off rust, but it's just so weird to have that one-week break all of a sudden for Northwestern. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think that's, that's, that's a challenge. But, I mean, at the same time, you don't want to be uh, – like like Nebraska lose a game like that, come back and you have to play North Dakota, who's a dangerous FCS team, and you kind of let them hang around. Uh, I would definitely prefer the week off. One thing that's worth noting that Fitz talked about this week in his press conference was, I think he said that this is the first time that he and his offensive line coach, since they've been working together, that the offensive line has graded out at 90 or above across the board. And wow. so that is something that I'm going to have I keep my eye on if if Northwestern's offensive line does what it did again in week zero, Northwestern's offense should have success because they should be able to run the ball and then give Holinsky time. And given when given time, he looked like a totally different guy from what we've seen through the first, what, three years of his career. But but what what about Duke? What what should we expect from from uh, Leonard here in his second start going against a power five team that's probably a little better than uh temple yeah no I, I think look more of the same is what you can hope to expect he looked so confident and had good throws uh to open up i mentioned going 15 for 15 but was so amazing he had so many shots down the mm-hmm. field it wasn't just like dink and dunk on the offense that we saw from gunner holmberg and and chase bryce over the last few years and now chase bryce is doing amazing things at app state uh which is tough for duke fans to watch uh, but nonetheless I think that Riley Leonard at that quarterback spot has has got to be confident going into this, has got to utilize the playmakers around him. Somebody like Jordan Moore, who's moved over mm-hmm. uh, to that wide receiver spot. Jalen Calhoun is a known commodity in the ACC. He's been a great receiver for Duke over the last few years, and it's been a running back by committee approach Saw that. for Duke. Because Mateo Durant left the program mm-hmm. last year, your all-time leading rusher, it's a little hard to replace him right out of the gates. And so uh, will one of those running backs sort of emerge or will it continue to be a by-committee approach? Because I do think if Duke wants to be successful in a game like this on the road, they've got to find a way to run the football. And I don't know how they get that done on Saturday. I don't. Yeah, I think I think both teams, when you look at what the defense was last year, both teams had – let's just be honest. They had bad defenses that really, really struggled to stop the run. Um, Northwestern looked a lot better in, in week zero. I believe they only allowed 110 yards on the ground to, to a Nebraska team that had their, their running back go for almost 200 yards in their second game. Um, So, I mean, they're, it's going to come down to a battle of the trenches. And I think it's the, it's what can these, these, can these defensive fronts show, significant improvement from what they were last year because last year both of them were were pretty rough um and i think it's this game is going to come down to to the the trenches and that's why from that aspect i feel really confident about northwestern's offensive line because they played so well and already against a power five team that is supposed to have a good front um that gives me confidence going in and and despite not having huge 
pressure numbers or sack numbers or anything in week zero. Uh, Fitz did praise the the defensive line. I don't think they dominated that that matchup as much as as the offense did, as the offensive line. But he did say that his defensive line did win the six inch war, which is something he stresses. And and he was very complimentary of the the two the two edge rushers Adetamawa, Adabare, and Sean McLaughlin coming off the edge. Um, and that'll be something to keep an eye on in this one as well from a Northwestern perspective. It's going to be fun. We'll see the game tomorrow. Duke and Northwestern from Evanston. We'll see it at 11 a.m. local time, noon Eastern on FS1 for folks to be able to watch the game. It's been a fun Locked On crossover. Here with Locked On Blue Devils and Northwestern coming together at one. Carter, if you will, give the social plugs, give a message to Locked On Northwestern, how they can support you. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at CarterBird13. If you're looking for the podcast, just we're available wherever you listen to, to podcasts. We're on YouTube. Just search Locked On Northwestern. Subscribe. Make sure you don't miss any of our daily episodes, especially now that football is being played and and it seems like this Northwestern football program is trending in a much better direction than last season. I'm on Twitter as well at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore our show updates on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. Be sure to follow and subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts and also subscribe on YouTube. Locked on Blue Devils and Locked on Northwestern means the world when you support us. Carter, it's going to be fun. Let's uh, let's see how this game plays out tomorrow. I can't wait. It's going to be a fun one. I, I just... It feels like it's been so long, even though it's only been two weeks since I've watched a Northwestern football game. So I've been I've been ready for it for about 10 days now. That, that changes tomorrow. We'll see a good one between Duke and Northwestern. For Carter Bird, I'm JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.